Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Tuesday, January the 9th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. 2024. Yeah. Boy, I just cannot get out of 2023. 2024, I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Mark Smith. And we're taking a look at a hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. Now, I'll tell you what's really unusual about this hymn. The author, Elizabeth Krusiger, who died in 1535, is the only female hymn writer in Martin Luther's immediate circle. Luther knew that the existing corpus of hymns in German was small and often lacking in evangelical theology. Her husband, Gasper, was professor of theology at the University of Wittenberg. So here we listen to a portion of The Only Son from Heaven. Thank you. 
hymn is such a popular hymn that J.S. Bach even used it in writing his two cantatas. Uh, number one, it was cantata 96 and also 164 as a choral prelude in the Orgel Büchlein and for a setting in his miscellaneous preludes. This is the hymn of the day for Ephesians 2, which is this coming Sunday, namely the second Sunday after the Epiphany. The only son from heaven. I really like the tune. What about you, Pastor Smith? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not as familiar with it as I am with many other hymns, but uh, I appreciate it all the more hearing it. And uh, um, I think it's a great hymn. And especially, you know, J.S. Bach couldn't have been wrong about it. No. And the fact that it was written by a female in Luther's day, the only one, that makes it kind of unique also. Right, right, absolutely. So, why don't we begin with stanza one, please? Okay. The only Son from heaven, foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given, in human form, appears. No sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining as he, our morning star. The only sun from heaven. That's referring to who? Jesus Christ, of course. Yes, and he's referred to as the only begotten son from heaven, correct? Only begotten son, right. And from heaven, it says it was foretold by ancient seers. Now, when you're explaining this to a child, he might not know what the word seer means, S-E-E-R. I would say I would explain to him that it's essentially the same thing as a prophet. Prophets, exactly. Prophets and seers, as we call them, uh, foretold. Uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus way, way back throughout the Old Testament, beginning with uh, Genesis 3.15. Yes. And he was given by God the Father. What does that mean? Yeah, in fact, uh, the only son from heaven foretold by ancient seers, <laughs> by God the Father given. Uh, he was eternally begotten of the Father, full of yes. grace and truth. But God the Father gave him to earth right. as a redeemer. Right. That's yes. found in Daniel. A great gift. And uh, imagine uh, our Heavenly Father giving that gift, knowing all the while that, that he, would, he would be placed upon the cross. And how did God the Father, according to this verse, give him? How did Jesus appear? In human form. Yes. That, that's really the miracle we just experienced at Christmas. 
Exactly. You bet. It's called the incarnation. And as an incarnated human being, Jesus therefore was able to suffer and even die for the sins of the world. Right. That's right. He he had to be fully human in order to die for us, in order to suffer, and uh, uh, and in order to do many things for us. He had to take on now human the, flesh. The, the next line is interesting. No sphere his light confining. What's that referring to? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that leaves a question in my mind. I, I think what it means is uh, yeah, nothing... Nothing can quell his light. Uh, nothing can stifle the light that he brings. Well said. In fact, the next phrase explains that. No star so brightly shining. Yes. As he, our morning star. Yes. The morning star. That's the one you see in the morning, and Jesus shines brightly. And that's why he's referred to as the light of the world. Why, why do we need light? Because we're, we're so uh, benighted. We're so, yes. in, in, in this world of sin and death, uh, until he came, of course, it was Satan's domain. And uh, uh, we, we needed his light. Because we were in darkness. In darkness and headed for eternal death. Yes. And God the Father had his Son incarnate for the purpose of doing what you and I in our old Adam, were unable to do. Could never and do. that is, what? We could never, we could never uh, be perfect. Or we could never, uh, never keep his law without yes. his help. So this really helps us understand the difference between law and gospel, does it not? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. People who think they're saved by the law need to hear this hymn. All yeah, right, I'll do stanza two. O oh, time of God appointed, O oh, bright and holy morn, he comes the king anointed, the Christ, the virgin born. Grim death to vanquish for us, to open heaven before us, and bring us life again. So God appoints him as a bright and holy morn, but what does it mean he comes as king appointed? Well, well, first of all, what is that referring to? I, I, is, uh, O oh, oh bright and holy morn, that, that's got to be a reference to Christmas, don't you think? Yes. Okay, his nativity, and then he comes as king anointed. He is the king of kings. He's right. the, in fact, uh, he's the son of David. The, the king David of the Old Testament 
he's he's the greater David, if you will. And David, of course, was a great king. Right. But Jesus is the fulfillment of David's reign as promised again and again in the Old Testament. And so he comes the king anointed. Uh, the word anointed in the Hebrew is the word Messiah, and in the Greek, it's the word Christ. Christ, Christos, right. So, and you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, even in, in, in Jesus' time, uh, son of David, that was a messianic expression. Uh, people knew that the son of David would be the Messiah. Yes, and they and they they waited for him. They long expected. In fact, that's uh, that's what uh, uh, the story of Simeon and Anna in the temple. But make no mistake about it; they were they were looking for the Savior. Right. In fact, this really is helpful for the gospel for this day from John chapter one, when Jesus finds Philip and says to him, "Follow me," and Philip was from the city of Andrew and Peter, and he found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Yeah. And remember and, how Nathanael responds yes. to that? Yeah, he says, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> you well know, that said. was Nazareth was, you know, that was up in Galilee. It was basically, you know, oh, that's up in the sticks. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so if Philip says, come and see. Right. And, and what a surprise. Jesus... What a surprise when he came along. Here Jesus sees uh, Nathaniel coming. He says, behold, uh, let's see, he says, uh, Behold an Israelite indeed. In whom there is in no guile. There is no deceit. Yes, right. And 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 Nathaniel is practically on the spot. He's convinced that this must indeed be the Messiah. Especially when Jesus says, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I know. And how does yeah. Nathaniel answer? Rabbi? You are the son of David. You are the well, king. Didn't you say, didn't you say of king God. of Israel? Yes. Son of God, the king of Israel. Of Israel, right. Yeah. And so that's where this hymn probably gets that notion right from the scripture. The Christ, the virgin born. And then it goes on, this second verse. Grim death in, to vanquish for us. Now, the word vanquish may not be understood by a child. What does that mean? Conquered. The grim death was conquered for us. Yes. By to his, vanquish uh, something means to destroy it. Right. It was, it was utterly destroyed by Christ rising from the dead. And what gets open for you and me? The kingdom of heaven, to open yep. heaven before us. And bring us what? 
and bring us life again. Yeah, in fact, uh, wouldn't you agree that uh, that is uh, that is one of the things that uh, the 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 curtain in the temple torn in two uh, is 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 one thing that that is showing to us that heaven heaven is open for us. Well, it's because God left the temple. Right, right. And the temple now is what? Where is the temple? You and me. You and me. Yes. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. That's found in our epistle reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where Paul says in verse 19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. What was the price that was paid? The precious price of Jesus Christ. His own holy precious blood was shed for us. Blood of, blood of infinite value, mind you. So nobody is saved by their works in their normal state because they never had the right motivation. But when they receive faith in Jesus Christ, and what does faith in Jesus Christ mean? It's trusting in his promises. Excellent. All right, stanza three, please. O Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love you more, in faith to stand unshaken, in spirit to adore, that we through this world moving, each glimpse of heaven proving, may reap its fullness there. So here again we have another great law and gospel distinction. Because if you're saved by the law, you don't have to be woken up from darkness. But according to this verse, what gets awoken? Our hearts. Oh, Lord, our hearts yeah. awaken to love and know you more. Yeah, in fact, uh, Paul tells us, he says, you, you that think that you are saved by the works of the law, he says, you have fallen from grace. I think that's in Galatians, isn't it? Yes. Yes, Galatians is my favorite book to talk about the distinctions between law and gospel. Yeah, it's one because of my favorite says, epistles also, right. He says, you who think you're saved by the law, you're really under the curse because you have to obey everything perfectly. And so God came, became incarnate, obeyed everything perfectly, died on the cross, and transferred that obedience to you and me through faith. That's right. That's how we were awoken. And that's why we love him more. It says, in faith to stand unshaken. What's the purpose of a sermon then? Well, the purpose of a sermon is to, to bring the listeners to their knees in repentance and, and remind them again of how lost and forsaken we would be without Christ. 
And yes. yet uh, we can't leave them there. You don't want to leave them there, but you certainly want to bring them to their knees uh, spiritually so they, they, they're reminded of that imp- all-important truth so that then they, they gladly receive the good news that all your sins are washed away in the blood of Christ, in the waters of baptism. And, uh, in other words, that... part of the sermon is the work of John the baptizer. Right. Repentance. Yes. And that, therefore, leads a person to realize, boy, there's no way I can save myself. And what does John say about Jesus? He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And where does he take it to? Where does he take the sin? Right. <laughs> well, he, he he washes it away. It's, it's an, uh, you know, I've never really thought about that. Where does he take the sin? Take the, he see. takes it to the cross. Takes, oh, ex, uh, of course. I understand now. Right, yeah. I, I guess it's too early in the morning for me to think straight. But you're right. He took it upon himself, the punishment of all of the sins of the whole world, the sins of all time, the sins of all people, was taken upon himself as he suffered on that cross. He he suffered the very pangs of hell for all of us. Right. Now, it says that we, through this world moving, each glimpse of heaven proving. What does that mean? Well, I would say... I would say a, a glimpse of heaven would be the Lord's Supper. Good. Oh, that's a good, good, good answer. It's a foretaste of the blessed heavenly feast to come. And, and that's, uh, that's each glimpse of heaven proving may reap its fullness in heaven, of course. Yes. And what's the other sacrament? Baptism. Yes, that also is a glimpse right. of heaven. Right, I would agree, yes. The pastor may be saying the words, I baptize you into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it's really the words of Jesus that he's repeating, and therefore Jesus is doing the baptism even for infants. All right. Stands wouldn't you also, place. Tom? Wouldn't you also agree that that when the the when through the gospel, through the hearing of the gospel, uh, particularly a new believer, when he hears the gospel, maybe for the first time, it's as if heaven's heaven's gates are open right before him. Sometimes you sometimes you get that type of a expression from a from a new Christian when they first discover the gospel for themselves. It's as if the gates of heaven were open before them. Well, I would say where the Holy Spirit reveals the gospel. Right. And I got an email from an individual who was not Lutheran and thought he was saved by his works. And he said, that is a terrible burden until I heard the Lutheran message from the Bible that we are saved by the works of Jesus. That was wonderful. Absolutely free gift. Stanza four, please. Okay. And this is a doxological verse. It has a triangle placed before it to remind us to stand. 
because it talks about all three persons of the Trinity. O Father, here before you, with God the Holy Ghost, and Jesus, we adore you, O pride of angel host. Before you, mortals lowly, cry, Holy, 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 O blessed Trinity. Why three holies? Well, because uh, all three persons are 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 are, are God. Uh, they're all co-equal: Father, Son, yes. and Holy Spirit. Exactly. So, it's not only Jesus that we stand unshaken in this world, but it's also with the Father and the Holy Ghost. Do yes. we ever address the Father? Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, he's mentioned first in that line. Isn't it also interesting that we we hear the reference, uh, you, O pride of angel host. That's talking about Jesus, who is the captain of, uh, he's captain of the heavenly host, Sabaoth, as we call it. Right. And the Father we mention every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Absolutely. Our Father who art in heaven. Thank you very much for helping us with this wonderful hymn written by a female author at the time of Luther. Tomorrow we continue with Proverbs. God bless you. Listen to you. Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.